can't promise you coming up in 15 minutes or so, we'll be joined by collegiate boys basketball coach Mitch Fiegel. Looking forward to visiting with him. He's been coaching for a long, a long time. And collegiate is in the Class 3-8 state tournament in Hutchinson. Should be a good tournament for collegiate. I think they have a really, really good team and a very, very young team at that. We continue to interview all these high school coaches, and it's it's been really fun. Yesterday we visited with Wellington's Eric Adams, girls basketball coach, Cheney, girls basketball coach, Sarah McCormick. Today, our number one, Joe Jackson and May South boys basketball, Wellington's boys basketball coach, Joe Newman, to wrap up our number one. Mitch Fiegel coming up here shortly. Tomorrow you'll hear from Andover girls basketball coach, Hannah Alexander. A little funny story with Coach Alexander and I. When I was up in Atchison, my first job out of college was at KAIR Radio up in Atchison. She was the head girls basketball coach at ACCHS at the time. Little did I know that she would eventually go to Topeka to be the head girls basketball coach at Topeka High. And little did I know that she would make her way down here to Wichita to Andover to be the head coach at Andover. So look forward to visiting with her as Andover's in the Class 5A state tournament. And we'll see who else we can round up for the remainder of the week. Because Derby, both the boys and the girls, they're in the Class 6A state tournament. Heights boys basketball in the state tournament. Southeast girls basketball in the state tournament for the first time since 88, which that's pretty insane. So we will see what we got going on later on this week. I can promise you one thing. We'll be in Kansas City coming up on Thursday and Friday. We'll be broadcasting during the Kansas City wonderful tournament there, the Big 12 tournament taking place at the T-Mobile Center. Still trying to get old Taylor Eldridge and still no luck. I just sent him another text. So looks like we might have to move on, Jack. But coming up on Thursday and Friday, Big 12 tournament, Kansas, Kansas State. We'll see if K-State can get by TCU. Kansas, we got to wait and see what happens tomorrow with the play-in game at the T-Mobile Center. But we'll be broadcasting live out there on Thursday and Friday. We're super pumped for it. We're, we're psyched up. We're excited for it. And it's all made possible by Enhanced Wellness of Derby and the Kansas Contractors Association. Well, no Taylor, so we might have to just sit in. just move on. We'll just move on. If Taylor calls, great. We'll sneak him in. If not, then it's no biggie. So with that being said, let's get to the big news that we just found out moments ago. And the franchise tag window has officially come and gone for the NFL. Teams had until today to get the job done. Kansas City made the announcement yesterday that Erlena Brown Jr. would not receive the franchise tag, so he's not being tagged. Lamar Jackson has been tagged by the Baltimore Ravens. But Lamar Jackson's tag is a non-exclusive tag, so he can negotiate deals while being under the tag cloud of the Baltimore Ravens. So he's still technically a Raven, but he also could become a Buccaneer, a Jet, whatever. Lamar Jackson still has the ability to negotiate a deal. I saw a tweet 
earlier today that the Atlanta Falcons are actually not going to pursue Lamar Jackson, which I find that to be really odd. Well, maybe not, just because of what the Falcons are dealing with. It's not like they were a really good football team last year. They were they were fun at the beginning because they were covering for people. If you were in the gambling, you were a big fan of the Falcons because they were able to cover so many games as underdogs. They were able to do it, which was pretty darn awesome. But the Falcons, I guess they're really going to ride with Desmond Ritter after letting go to Marcus Mariota. So they're not going to pursue Lamar Jackson, which I find that to be really odd. But maybe not, depending on how much dollars they have. And you know, maybe they're not even close to being in contention. So why would you do anything? But look, if you're the Falcons, you got to look at it this way. Look at your division and what's going on right now in the NFC South. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers are trying to shed more weight after losing Tom Brady due to retirement. You look at the Saints, yeah, they just got Derek Carr, but they still have some issues to work out. The Atlanta Falcons are right there. You have the Carolina Panthers, I guess by default, they could be one of the better teams. But you look at you look at the Falcons, I know that they're a ways away from competing, but the NFC South is going to be garbage. You could get the best quarterback in the division easily by going after Lamar Jackson. But maybe they're like the Baltimore Ravens. Maybe they don't want to pay a former MVP quarterback in Lamar, which still seems strange to say. But I think that's where we're at as of right now. The most recent news is coming out of New York. And no, I'm not talking about Aaron Rodgers. I'm not talking about Aaron Rodgers being a Jet, which it seems like there's a good chance of, of that actually happening. The New York Giants, they have placed the franchise tag. They had two different candidates. They had Daniel Jones and they had Saquon Barkley. The Giants with the NFL Coach of the Year, Brian Dable. The Giants are going to place the franchise tag on Saquon Barkley. Okay, so what about Daniel Jones? What happens there? Daniel Jones has a new contract. The New York Giants are signing Daniel Jones to a four-year contract extension. The deal is worth $160 million with an additional $35 million in incentives. Danny Dimes getting a contract. Danny Dimes getting a contract. How do you feel about Danny Dimes getting a four-year deal, Jack Johnson? I think he got that four-year deal by winning a playoff game on the road against Minnesota and say what you want about (laughs) Minnesota. I mean, he's got some numbers now to back it up that he could be a long-term quarterback. I know that most people are going to scoff at Daniel Jones and listen. I I don't think Daniel Jones is a franchise quarterback or he's somebody that's going to wow you. But, you know, surprisingly, he's pretty mobile. He doesn't have the best of arms, but... Last season, in the year where the Giants were not expected to be much, and he was kind of on the ropes between still being the quarterback and maybe being cut if he didn't play that well this year, the Giants go out and give him a long-term deal here. And I think that just further cements the point that you got to overpay a little bit for a quarterback in this league, especially young quarterbacks at that. 
Hell, I don't know if Daniel Jones will win another playoff game in his career, but it's clear to me that the Giants don't believe they can get a better option at quarterback than Daniel Jones. And if you like what you saw from him last year, hell, so show some support. If the team likes to rally around him, you feel like you have a glue guy right there, I'm okay with the contract there. I think it's more so just shocking than anything because probably 365 days ago at this point, we're talking about some of the worst quarterbacks in the league, and I think Daniel Jones is in that <laughs> list. And now he's one of the highest-paid quarterbacks in the league. So life gets uh, life uh, can change in a matter of a blink of an eye. So good for Daniel Jones. Hoping it works out for the Giants, because if not, that's going to be one bad contract. Put put some respect on Danny Dimes. Come on. Put some respect on his name. He just didn't have a coach. I would make that argument. I think there's there are plenty of arguments to be made that certain quarterbacks, if they had a competent head coach or a different head coach, they would have way different careers. I can go down the list of, and start naming off every single one of them, but we'd be here using the remainder, the remaining time on the show, in order to do that. Just got to get the right coach. Brian Dable comes in, and the thing is too. And I'm not sure what the Giants' cap situation is going to be like, just in general. But they were able to do some stuff last year with Daniel Jones, with wide receivers that you never even heard of before. They trade away Kadarius Tony, easily their best wide receiver. They do that, and yet Daniel Jones is still able to throw the football pretty well. And that offense was actually not that bad. It was really stunning. But this is what happens. We do have a good coach in Brian Dable. We all thought that he could be solid. I just didn't know we expected them to be that good this past year. Now, were they kind of frauds? Yeah, maybe a little bit. They were kind of frauds. So, job well done by Brian Dable last year. Now he's got a quarterback for the future. And Daniel Jones. Just saw this, Jack. Speaking of the Falcons, they are not franchise tagging a certain player. And I want to see what you think of this one. The Falcons are not franchise tagging right tackle Caleb McGarry. Got to be the top offensive lineman available set to hit free agency, no? He's up there, that's for sure. I think he's going to get a lot of calls and Hell, maybe if you're Kansas City and you don't want to go after Orlando Brown Jr., you want to pay that guy? I mean, I think I would doubt it. I think if the Chiefs aren't going to pay their guy, they're not going to pay somebody else. Could he be a left tackle? Uh, play, maybe. Could he be a left tackle? I mean, Orlando Brown Jr. was a right tackle and made the move over to left tackle because yeah, that's there's good, more that's money good involved. Point. Yeah, that's a good point. So, you know, I just I think if you're a Kansas City fan, there's always going to be these names popping up, and you think, oh, that's the next fit there. That's the next guy to replace Orlando <laughs> Brown Jr. And here's the thing. it's If they're not going to pay Orlando Brown Jr., they're not going to pay big money to somebody else they don't really know of. And I phone's ringing right now. Maybe Taylor Eldridge, so I think I may leave it at that unless you want to move on from it. A lot going on. But hey, I think he's yeah, going to get a, just, a big-time money somewhere if he just, doesn't just, stick in Atlanta. Just tell Taylor I love the guy. Just just tell him that uh, we're, we're kind of – we we gotta just move on. I don't I don't really think we can sneak him in in five minutes. So, I love Taylor. Tell him uh, we can we could try again tomorrow at some point. We have some room. We could do three o two tomorrow. I know the he's gotta get ready to go down to Dallas, but some tells me he's been he's been very very busy. So tell him it's no big deal. He's he's still my boy. 
We'll uh, we'll get him in tomorrow at some point on the show. Three oh two. Like I said, the guy the guy's been putting in work. I would not be surprised if he was on the phone talking to Keith Adams and was trying to, to get a, a story up about Wichita State women's basketball stunning the number one seed in the AAC tournament. That was the first time that a one seed has lost in the AAC women's basketball tournament. So, yeah, I would hope that he's going to do a story on that, which I think he already has a short article up, but I'm sure he's going to add to it. Because what it went for Keith Adams, Taylor Eldridge on on social basically said that that is the biggest win in the Keith Adams era. Because he uh, he put in there that Wichita State has won two games in a conference tournament for the first time since 2015. And that was back in the Missouri Valley Conference. Wichita State getting it done wire to wire. A wire-to-wire win for Wichita State women's basketball. Pretty darn special. 316-247-0923. Oh, hey, someone just sent that in a text message. Let's start the finish. Appreciate you. Appreciate you chiming in and pointing that out. Yeah, they won. They led wire-to-wire. It was just a a great game for for Keith Adams and and the Wichita State women's basketball team. Just job well done. Number 8 seed pulling off the upset. Wichita State women's basketball still trying to get into the NCAA tournament. Maybe they can pull off the magic. They can pull off the magical run. We shall see. But, yeah, going back to Caleb McGarry, when you look at his contract for the Atlanta Falcons, it was a four-year, $10.27 million contract with the Falcons. $5.5 million signing bonus. Is what it was. Guys, 28. One thing that you brought up, if they weren't willing to spend that type of money on Orlando Brown, would they do it with a guy like Caleb McGarry? Just depends on what the projection would be. And here is the projection. I just saw it. So spot track, or is it Spotrack? Do we know that one? We talked about Joe Lenardi and how you pronounced his name, Jack. Do we know anything yeah. about is it Spotrack? I wouldn't take my word for it, but I always call it Spotrack. <laughs> <laughs> well, the projection, the projection for Caleb McGarry, according to them, want to take a guess? Well, if Orlando Brown Jr. wants about twenty mil a year, I'll go. 18 or 19 mil a year? 17.7 million dollars okay. per season. Four year, 70.9 million dollar contract. Would Kansas City be willing to give a contract to him for 18 mil? Hmm. I, I mean, I just, they, they didn't use the franchise tag on Orlando Brown for one year for 18 mil. Yeah. I, I just don't think it makes much sense for Kansas City because they're not, they're just not a team they've shown that if they don't pay their guy, they're going to. You know, empty out the bank account to go spend it on somebody else that was outside the organization last year. I think if the Chiefs do not give Orlando Brown Jr. a long-term deal, their replacement at left tackle 
will likely be somebody through the draft that they trade up for. That, that's just my assumption right now. I don't see them going out and giving somebody a three- or four-year deal that's you know 17 and $19 million a year if they weren't going to give Orlando Brown Jr. $20 million a year. It's either he's here long-term or they're starting all the way over and starting with a rookie. I still think starting with the with a rookie, I still think that's going to be the plan of attack. I think they're going to go in the draft. They're going to find a way to trade away some drafts, draft picks, and they're going to find a way to make it kind of like last year. Pick number 21, pick number 29. This year it could be pick number 19 and pick number 31. I can see that happening for the Kansas City Chiefs. I really can. Really can. 316-247-0923. we got a Daniel Jones comment. At least I had it there for a second, and then it went away. Got to love this thing sometimes. Not opposed to Daniel Jones getting paid, but it should have been a three in front of the per per year dollar instead of a four. Daniel Jones. Danny Dimes. Let's go now. Danny Dimes getting paid. Piz is aid. Just the way it is. Although I will say, you look at the, the price tag there for Daniel Jones and Derek Carr and Geno Smith, kind of expected it maybe to be a little bit bigger, per se. Kind of have that middle-class quarterback dollar amount back. Don't think that was the case not too long ago. So, I don't know. Maybe that's just me just spitballing there. All right. Taylor Eldridge sent me a text. We'll have him back on the show tomorrow at 3.02. He's brought to you by You Build It. So, if you were here for the Wichita State recap, apologies. But we'll have it ready for you tomorrow at 3.02 here on this show. Before we take a break, yesterday it was nice outside. You could have gone to a patio and had a few brews, all that wonderful stuff. I wouldn't necessarily recommend that today. But that doesn't mean you still shouldn't go out to Twin Peaks and enjoy happy hour. Ridge and Taft, 21st to Rock. Happy hour going on right now. Lenten season taking place. So if you need a Lenten option, fish and chips, bundle with a 22-ounce draft, that's a steal on Friday's. Reel in one of their other seafood options like blackened fish tacos, shrimp Caesar, and char-grilled salmon. Coming up in a couple days, National Meatball Day. There's a spicy meatball skillet served with toasted garlic bread there at Twin Peaks. That is quite delightful. They also have a spicy meatball parmesan with a stuffed toasted hoagie roll served with seasoned french fries. I'm a sucker for meatball subs, man, just the way it is. Twin Peaks, they have them. They have everything, man. Two locations in Wichita, Ridge and Taft and 21st and Rock. All right, when we come back, a breakdown of collegiate boys basketball with head coach Mitch Fiegel. That's next here on the show. The heartbeat of Wichita sports fans. The Pulse on ESPN Wichita 92.3 FM. The 2023 Envision Golf 4 Vision Tournament will be held on Thursday, May 11th at Teradyne Country Club. Come join us and our friends and partners as we help raise money for Envision's programs and services that promote independence and create opportunity for people of all ages who are blind or visually impaired. 
To sign up or sponsor the event, contact us at 316-440-1532 or visit golfforvision.com. We hope to see you May 11th for a day of golfing for Envision. Finding the right person for the job isn't easy. Just ask someone who hired a drama coach to be an IT guy. Yeah, I'm having trouble logging in. I'm not buying it. Say it again. This time with feeling. I can't log in? Come on, man. I want to feel your struggle. But if you've got an insurance question, you can always count on your local GEICO agent. They can bundle your policies, which could save you hundreds. Now, like your life depends on it. I can't log in. Yes, we'll make an actor out of you yet. For expert help with all your insurance needs, visit GEICO.com slash local today. It's Tango Day, everybody. Follow after me and step and bet and slide and dip. That's Tango. Why is Ice-T leading our Tango class? It's probably the heart-shaped Honey Nut Cheerios. He found out they can help lower cholesterol. Now he's having fun taking care of his heart in all sorts of new ways. Let's see those hips move, people. Hurry and get your heart-shaped Cheerios. They're only here for a limited time. Meet Bob Minetti. In 2016, he was diagnosed with pancreatic cancer. Bob participated in a clinical trial that included cutting-edge radiation therapy and surgery. He's been in remission since completion. I'm Keisha Sharp. Since losing my mother to pancreatic cancer, I've been working to share the kind of -of state-of-the-art work being done by Stand Up to Cancer and Lust Garden Foundation. To learn more about the latest research, including clinical trials, visit pancreaticcancercollective.org. Ray Maliazzi here for eBay Motors. You're driving along and some nimrod cuts you off. You hit the horn. (laughs) Jeez, it sounds like a goose in distress. Time to head over to eBay Motors. They have horns for every make and model, not to mention horn pads, steering wheels, wiring, and more. 122 million parts. You can even go for an upgrade. (laughs) Looks like Mr. Cutoff Man needs a new seat cover. Try eBay Motors, pal. Get the right parts at the right prices. eBay Motors. Let's ride. It's championship week, and ESPN Wichita is headed to Kansas City. The Shane Dennis Show and The Pulse with me, Pat Strompman, will be broadcasting live for the Big 12 Championship Tournament throughout the week. We'll have the latest analysis from games, post-game audio with coaches and players, and much, much more from the T-Mobile Center. Our Big 12 Championship coverage is presented by Enhanced Wellness and Derby and the Kansas Contractors Association. Your home for the Big 12 Championship is ESPN Wichita. 92.3 FM. Welcome back to the Pulse on ESPN Wichita, 92.3 FM. I'm Pat Strompman. Producing the show is Jack Johnson. State tournament action taking place this week. We are one day away from high school state tournament action, and we are certainly excited. Talked to a couple coaches yesterday. Talk to a couple coaches in hour number one here today, and now we talk to another head coach as we talk about the Collegiate Boys basketball program with head coach Mitch Fiegel. And coach, congratulations on making it to the Class 3A state tournament in Hutchinson, 4-5 matchup taking on Marysville, and we'll talk about that here in just a little bit. But, But coach, let's just dive right into it. This season, sometimes when you have a young squad, you just never know what you're going to get. <laughs> Sometimes there could be a lot of ups. There could be some downs. But this year's team has done a pretty good job of handling the ups and downs. Just your overall thoughts on the 2022-23 season for the Spartans this year. 
Well, you know, you you are exactly right. With with young guys, you don't you don't know what you're going to get. But you know, I was having a conversation with my team the other day, and I reminded you know all of my juniors that hey, you know, got what guys? When we started this thing in November, you were a lot closer to being a sophomore than you were a senior. But now you are one game away from being a senior. And you know, those freshmen that started out, you know, being much closer to being in the eighth grade are now very close to being sophomores. And, you know, we're 70 practices into it and 23 games into it. So, you know, you figure we've been together for about 95 days and you can make a lot of progress in 95 days. Yeah, no doubt about that. And certainly your group has been able to do that. You were the two seed in the Eureka sub-state. You guys took down Eureka in the opening round. Then you took down Elk Valley, and then you took on Humboldt, the top seed, and you guys got the victory 64-32. to Three games, all three of which are what you guys led comfortably and got the job done. So what was Substate action like? Well, you know, we just felt like, you know, our strength of schedule has prepared us for any team that we're going to see once we get into postseason play. You know, our, our first 3A opponent, uh, of the year was in the first round of sub-state. So we just feel like we've we've been a lot of places and we've seen a lot of things. You know, we have three losses, but two of those, one to Great Bend and one to Wellington, were last-second buzzer beaters. And the loss to Mac, well, they just came in here and they were just a little bit older and a little bit better and um, just showed us where we needed to be able to go. So, you know, we could easily, I, I feel like, be sitting here with, with one loss and played a, a really tough schedule. And then, of course, two of those two of those losses, you know, are in the 4A state tournament with mm-hmm. Mack and Wellington. So, again, we feel, you know, at, at this point in the season that, that, you know what, we're battle-tested and we're ready, and I think everybody's functioning at the bit to get over to the sports arena. Yeah, no doubt, and you brought up two of the three losses coming at the hands of two teams in the state tournament. Just want to throw out there, too, Great Bend ended up being 11-9 and this year at the Class 5A level, and they barely lost to Hayes 46-42, and it would have been tough for them to get to the state tournament as they would have played Capen. But still, you look at that team, that team was also a good squad here for this season. I do want to go back to what you said about McPherson. What did the team learn going up against McPherson. Sometimes, I was just having this conversation yesterday, no coach wants to lose and, and no 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 team wants to lose, but sometimes you suffer that loss and it could do a, a team wonders. All of a sudden, you can kind of refocus, you become sharper. Now it's like, hey, we, we dropped this one. We got to gotta get things back in order here. We, we got to make sure that we're tightening things up and getting a lot better. So what did... Uh, that loss to McPherson show this team? Well, I think really three things. Number one, Mac was just more disciplined than we were. They were more willing to run their stuff. They were more willing to be patient. Two, they killed us on the offensive glass, and you know we have been harping about that all season long. It's not good enough to just turn and go rebound. you got to find a man. you got to put a butt in the gut. you got to finish the defensive assignment. And that's what disciplined defensive defensive teams do. That's why they're great defensive teams. And we just weren't there yet. And the third 
thing in that game. We just didn't value the possession. Our turnovers were high. And if I wanted to add a fourth thing, you know, we, we fouled them and we put them on the line. And you know what? If you're going to be a pressing team, which we are, that's, that's our deal, you know, we're going to press you from baseline to baseline, you cannot put a great foul shooting team on the line. McPherson shot 36 free throws and made 28 of them. So, and then, and then on the other side, we go seven for 19 from the line. So, yeah, so, so Mac just kind of beat us in every statistical category that we want to be good in, that we want to excel in. And my point was, hey, you cannot be a championship caliber team unless you do these things. You can beat some teams, but you can't beat the best teams. And then I, I think, you know, even our, you know, down at the stretched end, you know, against Wellington, you know, we had gone to Wellington early in the season and just throttled them and, you know, getting my young guys to buy into, hey, this is a really good team. We were hot that night. They weren't. They just weren't buying it. And, and Wellington came in here and we got an early lead and then went cold from the field, didn't guard anybody, didn't box out on the last shot of the game. The guy catches an air ball, flips it in, and beats us at the buzzer. So, you know what, when you when you really – you know, when you really love the game and you're invested, those kinds of things really hurt. Mm-hmm. And as Ben Franklin always said, the things which hurt instruct. And so, I mean, those last two losses were really good for us, in my opinion. Yeah. Got our attention. We're better listeners. We're practicing better. Film sessions are better. Just We're just sharper. Coach Mitch Fiegel of Collegiate Boys Basketball here on the Pulse on ESPN Wichita, 92.3 FM. Collegiate in the Class 3A state tournament. The Spartans taking on Marysville coming up on Thursday at the Hutchinson Sports Arena. We'll talk more about that here in just a little bit. Coach, I do want to talk about your squad. And we can stay here and talk about your freshman, in which we will. We will talk about your freshman. But for this team... I do think it's interesting because when you have you know freshmen that are so talented like yours, sometimes it can you know cause some trouble at the top with some upperclassmen. But there's one senior that you have in Quentin Fair, and I want to just talk about his role on this team and how valuable he is from your vantage point when you have such a young team. It's nice to have that one senior or a couple of juniors that are right there they're kind of showing the way of, hey, this is what you can do. This is what you can do. No. Q is invaluable. Invaluable. And my juniors are invaluable because they know the system. They know what's okay. They know what's not okay. And they are my glue guys. And they are also my, my guys that are doing all the dirty work. Freshmen don't usually do the dirty work. Mm-hmm. Although, I will say this is an unusual group in, in that category. But, you know, Q Quentin Fair is just a phenomenal, quiet leader. But when he speaks, guys listen. He knows the system. He's bought in. He's invested. And everyone sees that. You know, James Shackelford and Brett Weta, two other juniors, defensive specialists, okay, Asa Ahmad, another junior, best communicator on the team. Robbie Raspberry, another junior, just body in, totally invested, 
company man. Okay, it's the complementary factor that has allowed us to be who we are. The freshmen need what the upperclassmen have, and the upperclassmen have what the freshmen need. It's just, it's it's been it's been very refreshing, and and it, they all get along great. You know, my my older guys, none of them have an ego. They only want to do one thing. They want to win. That's it. And so that part of it's been beautiful. No doubt. I love it when you see the the blend all work together like that. That's fantastic. Well, the freshmen, A.J. Baptiste, Sebastian Heinz-Turner, Jaden Parker, some pretty talented individuals. What has it been like seeing those players grow? What do they bring to the table? How much have they progressed so far this season? Well, the biggest area that any freshman has to progress in is defensively. And, you know, my my analogy of that is, you know, if you have to think offensively, you're not a very good offensive player. You haven't played enough. You're 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 not relying on flow and feel and instinct. But defensively, you can't ever stop thinking. And defense is based on rules. But until you've had enough reps with those rules, you don't follow the rules. And when you don't follow the rules defensively, bad things happen to you. So just getting them up to speed defensively has been our biggest challenge. I mean, their effort is clearly there. I mean, <clears throat> we hand out three shirts every Sunday when we come into practice. We have a Mr. Byrne, guy that gets on the floor, Mr. Charge. Of course, that's pretty self-explanatory. And Mr. Deflection. Sebastian has led us. He has worn all three of those shirts consistently throughout the season, which is very rare for a freshman. Mm-hmm. So when, you, when you've got guys you know, doing the dirty work and then you can get them to bot in to being unselfish, then you have a chance to go from, you know, depending on where you're at, you know, that will take you from good to great or great to special. And if you can get to special, then you can reach a championship caliber. And I feel like we're knocking on that door. But you know what? That's a hard door to open, and you have to push really hard. No doubt. Mitch Fiegel, our guest, collegiate boys basketball coach here on the Pulse on ESPN Wichita 92.3 FM, collegiate in Marysville. Opening round game coming up at the Class 3A State Tournament on Thursday at 4. And we'll talk about that showdown in just a little bit. Coach, I don't want to, I'm not saying this to say that you're old, but you've been coaching for a long time. Uh, <laughs> I'm not trying to say that. I feel like every well, time man, I say that to a coach, hey, I, I got I to gotta throw that in that first part of like, I'm not hey, trying to know, say that you're old. If, if, <laughs> hey, man, if you go look at those pictures on the wall when I first got here, you'll see there's a lot of water under that bridge. <laughs> Yeah. Well, no well, you've been doing this for a long time. This, this, yeah, this, this. Year. Oh my gosh, that's incredible. So, and one year, one year at Quivira Heights, and which I, which I loved too. And I had three years in Harrisonville, Missouri, where I broke out uh, after I graduated from Pitt State. So, let me see. That's thirty-three. I mean, thirty-four. Well, that's thirty-eight <laughs> years coaching basketball. Yeah, that's that's a while. Uh, carry carry the one and yeah that's yeah my yeah math, yeah my yeah I, mean, like, I gotta yeah. do my math man. <laughs> I do, my math is one twos and threes baby <laughs> keep it nice and simple well coach in in your entire coaching career have you ever had a group like this to where you do have one senior 
and a bunch of freshmen. Have you, have you ever had to deal with the situation before? Yeah, you know, that's funny because in 93, when we won it, we had two seniors, uh, Chris Clevenger and Brian McCormick. Chris went on to play for Lou Holtz at the University of Notre Dame on the offensive line. And then we had some sophomores and juniors sprinkled in, uh, but I had four freshmen. And one of those guys was named D'Angelo Evans. And uh, we had four freshmen on the floor at the same time in the state championship game in 1993. D'Angelo had Brian Firno, who ended up pitching for Stanford in the World Series. We had Jed Bond, who went on to become a two-time state champion. And a really feisty dude by the name of Ryan Francisco. So, yeah, we've been here before, but... That was so dang long ago, I can barely remember what it was like. <laughs> I'm just impressed so that you was, remember the names of the players. That's, that's oh impressive. Man, those were, that, was my, that was my first real deal here. You'll never forget those guys. Those guys put me on the map. They put us all on the map, man. Before we, before we had those guys, I mean, you know, we were winning five games, five games, ten games, and all of a sudden, you know, we had the Jimmys and Joes. <laughs> and uh, we took off, and we haven't looked back. Oh man! Well, that's 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 terrific. Well, coach, you do take on Marysville, and I love how beforehand you and I are chit chatting. You're like, oh, you're an Omaha Valley Strathman, huh? Yeah, that's correct. So I know a thing or two about the Black Squirrels in Marysville. I know that they're they're real mascots, the Bulldogs, but I call them the Black Squirrels because that's you know that's the home of the Black Squirrels, just the way it is. Marysville coming from uh, Northeast Kansas, and you, you know what it's like up there with, with some of those players. Uh, traditionally, I know Marysville, and I don't have film in front of me. I don't have the roster in front of me, but traditionally they always had some size inside and certainly had some athleticism. And they're 21-2 they're this year. They, they took down Nemaha Central in the sub-state championship. Nemaha Central upended Sabetha, a previously unbeaten team in the Substate semis, so Marysville, uh, a very tough opponent. So, what stands out about Marysville in this four-five showdown coming up on Thursday? You know, you're right. You don't go twenty-one and two by accident. And they look, they look good on paper. They look good on film. They're solid. You know, they run their stuff. They got two guys that can really knock it down. They got a point guard that just takes care of the basketball. They're well coached. I mean, uh, they're they're formidable opponent um but you know what at this point again i i just feel like you got to go be who you are and i like who we are and we'll let we'll let the um we'll, we'll roll the dice and see what happens can't wait to see what happens this week coach thank you so much for your time congratulations once again on making it to the state tournament and best of luck to you in hutchinson okay thanks mitch fiegel Head boys basketball coach at Collegiate here on the Pulse on ESPN Wichita 92.3 FM. Not one, not two, but three basketball coaches on the show today. I would like to say thank you to every single one of them. Mitch Fiegel, head boys basketball coach at Collegiate. Head boys basketball coach at Wellington, Joe Newman. May South boys basketball coach, Joe Jackson. All of them fantastic. And all of them getting a taste of postseason basketball this week at various locations. May South will be in Emporia for the Class 5A state tournament, taking on Andover. For Wellington, it's Salina, home to the Class 4A state tournament. And for Collegiate, a trek to Hutchinson for the Hutchinson Sports Arena 
appreciate all those individuals for hopping on the show today. It's a blast to talk to them all. Absolutely is. It's a treat, an absolute treat. Tomorrow on the show, boy, we'll have more interviews. We'll have Hannah Alexander of Andover Girls Basketball, maybe some others. We'll see if we can squeeze it in. Now that Taylor Eldridge has been moved to tomorrow at 3.02, it might be a little bit difficult. We'll also have Wyatt Thompson, voice of the K-State Wildcats. So we're already pretty full tomorrow, but we might sneak in another one. We'll see if we have enough time for that, that's for sure. We do have time for a Take-Two Tuesday, though, and we're going to get to that next with Jack Johnson. It's the Pulse on ESPN Wichita. This is the Pulse on Wichita's new sports leader, ESPN Wichita 92.3 FM. Here in Manhattan, every man is a wildcat. Into the corner for three. Yes, sir! Yes, sir! Join us for the start of a new era. Our next head basketball coach at Kansas State University, Jerome Tang. Be a part of the wildcat journey all season long on your home for Kansas State basketball. Thursday, Kansas State faces TCU in the Big 12 tournament. Hear the tip-off at 8.30 right here on the home of the Wildcats, ESPN Wichita 92.3 FM. Did you know that carbon monoxide is odorless and invisible? And the only way to detect it is by installing carbon monoxide or CO alarms. First Alert is reminding you to install CO alarms on every level and in every bedroom of your home. Also, remember, alarms don't last forever and need to be replaced at least every 5 to 10 years depending on your alarm. Protect your home and family with safety you can trust by visiting firstalert.com and Lowe's stores for your carbon monoxide alarms. First, we decide where we want to go. Then we need to know the best way to get there. Hi, my name's Adam Barada. I'm the owner of Advantage Gold. We're the highest-rated precious metals firm in the country. We teach people how to own physical gold and silver. Now, we've won the Best of TrustLink Award four years in a row because we educate our clients on how to buy gold and silver the right way. We don't pay celebrity spokespeople millions of dollars. We'd rather pass that value on to you. Call 800-900-8000 and speak with one of our experts. We'll send you a free gold kit along with my latest number one national best-selling book, The Great Devaluation. Call 800-900-8000. That's 800-900-8000. Get the best information, the best process, the best service, the best value. Call Advantage Gold at 800-900-8000. Call 800-900-8000. I tend to second-guess dinners with friends because they're often interrupted by diarrhea, gas, bloating, stomach pain, or oily stools. It turns out I have EPI, or exocrine pancreatic insufficiency, which means I'm missing the enzymes needed to digest food. My doctor prescribed Creon Pancrelipase, an oral prescription medication that replaces pancreatic digestive enzymes. Creon treats EPI due to cystic fibrosis, chronic pancreatitis, pancreatectomy, or other conditions. Creon may increase your chance of fibrosing colonopathy, a rare bowel disorder. Tell your doctor if you have a history of intestinal blockage or scarring or thickening of your bowel wall. If you're allergic to pork or if you have gout, kidney problems, or worsening of painful swollen joints, call your doctor if you have any unusual or severe gastrointestinal symptoms or allergic reactions. Take Creon as directed by your doctor and always with food. Do not chew capsules as this may cause mouth irritation. Other side effects may include blood sugar changes, gas, dizziness, sore throat, and cough. These are not all the side effects of Creon. Creon is the number one prescribed EPI treatment. Ask your doctor about Creon for EPI and visit Creon.com or call 800-633-9110 to learn more. That's C-R-E-O-N.com. Sponsored by Ab. 
We're almost done for the day. Starting the drizzle outside. Not going to lie. Making me sleepy. I've had an energy drink today, and yet I'm still tired. That's not, not good. Jack, I don't know how you do it. I don't know how you can party until 5 o'clock oh. <laughs> every night and come on the show and, you know, have plenty of energy. I'm what Andy don't know Reed how you calls it. a motor guy. <laughs> Your body just naturally creates energy. The George Karloftis of my generation. I used to be. I used to be that way. Well, you're not the alpha male male of our species, though. So I am not. I am not six seven. <laughs> uh, I called that again last night. That was fun. <laughs> I don't know why people still say it, but you know, whatever. I used to be like you. I used to have my body create energy left and right, but yeah, <laughs> not today. It's been a little bit more of a struggle. Just a little bit of a struggle. Anywho, I bet you Saran Petro has plenty of energy. Saran Petro in the program coming up in 10 minutes. After that, overtime at 6 o'clock. Enjoy tonight. It's the last quiet night. Tomorrow, ACC tournament starting at 6 o'clock. Thursday, we'll be broadcasting in Kansas City. KU will have an afternoon game. We'll have the program at 5.30. We'll have a very special edition of the Pulse We'll basically have a four-hour show coming up on Thursday. After that, will be K-State TCU. Then we'll have Big 12, Big 12 action taking place, Big 12 semis on Friday. And then Jack Johnson's going to have a special March Madness special at Power and Light on Saturday morning. After that, Big 10 semis and then Big 12 title. It's the last quiet night. And then we'll have basketball, 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 basketball. Couldn't be more excited to be the home of Championship Week. It's ESPN Wichita. Jack, it's a Tuesday. What do we have for a Take-Two Tuesday? All righty, Pat. Question number one. Pick a team or where Frank Clark will sign a deal other than the Chiefs. Pick a team? So I'd say, where do you think Frank Clark is going to sign? Not the Chiefs. Can't name the Chiefs. Where would be a good fit for Frank Clark? <laughs> Any team that was willing to, to pay him? I mean, all we describe it. I would imagine... Man, the 49ers, they kind of did something similar when they got D4, right? So to go with Nick Bosa, maybe Frank Clark going out there. Not sure how expensive he would be, but that's something to think about. Aren't the Bears still looking for an edge? Browns, Uh, I think. I think the Browns definitely do. Browns need an edge, don't they? Pretty sure they do. To go opposite Miles Garrett. Because Jadavion Clowney is no longer a Brown, right? So that's probably my two guesses. Let's go Cleveland, Cleveland and San Francisco, San Francisco. Although who knows? Maybe maybe Seattle will somehow sneak in there, or the Atlanta Falcons. I don't know. <laughs> there are too many too many options. I feel like there are a lot of a lot of options for for Frank Clark. To be honest with you, 
But San Francisco, they, they kind of did something similar when they got D Ford. So I wouldn't be surprised if they do something there. So San Francisco, Cleveland, sure. Let's go with those two. Question number two, what does KU have to do to get the number one overall seed in the NCAA tournament? And what does K-State have to do, if it's possible, to get a two seed in the NCAA tournament? K-State probably has to make it to the championship game. That's my initial gut feeling. Make it to the title game. And they play TCU to open with, and we heard from C.J. Moore. He loves TCU in the Big 12 tournament, and I tend to agree. This is not a good matchup for K-State. That's not ideal whatsoever. So I would say getting to the title game would be the best way to assure you get the number two seed. I don't know if one win's going to be good enough, but it is the Big 12, and the Big 12 is loaded. Meanwhile, for Kansas... As long as you don't lose to West Virginia or Texas Tech, I think they're a lock. Some maybe would disagree, but I'm going to be frustrated with the NCAA Tournament Committee if the team that shattered the quad one wins record, (laughs) that team doesn't get a number one seed in the Midwest. That would go against everything you've been preaching. But that would also be the ultimate NCAA move. Hey, you got to do this. You did it. Oh, sorry, we're actually going to do this. It's the NCAA, man. They like to kind of do whatever the heck they want to do. But as long as they don't lose to West Virginia or Texas Tech, I think they're good. Even if that happens, I don't know. I wouldn't think that they would get... I don't think they get too crazy. I think they have the one seed all but locked up. But we'll see. We'll find out. All right, we are done. Crazy show. May South boys basketball coach Joe Jackson. Wellington boys basketball coach Joe Newman in hour number one. Collegiate boys basketball coach Mitch Fiegel here in hour number two. If you missed any of the show, check it out later on ESPNWichita.com, Apple Music, or Spotify. For producer... Jack Johnson. I'm Pat Stroutman saying so long, Wichita. Have a good night. Stay warm. See you tomorrow at 2 here on Wichita's Sports Leader, ESPN Wichita, 92.3 FM. Wichita's new sports leader, ESPN Wichita, 92.3 FM, KKGQ, Newton.